Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Daniel Bauer. Better Leaders, Better Schools is a weekly show for ruckus makers. What is a ruckus maker? A leader who has found freedom from the status quo. A leader who makes change happen. A leader who never, ever gives up. It's sad how one measurement can sum up the performance of an entire school, an entire classroom. And what is that measurement? The test. It causes anxiety in students and staff alike. Many standardized tests are known to be prejudiced and inequitable. And yet, we organize our entire school life around them. If you're ready to stop caring about the test or stop having it dictate your school life, then this episode is for you. Stick around because up first with my conversation with Dr. Sharon Jones, we're going to discuss how she was able to pivot and care less about tests. Interestingly, we'll find out how that shift actually improved test scores overall. A paradox indeed, but you can do it too. So, Ruckus Maker, thanks for being here. And before we jump into the episode, I'd like to take some time to thank our show sponsors. Have you ever wondered what kind of leader makes a good mastermind member? Well, recently I asked the leaders I serve, and here's what they said about their peers. Eileen, a deputy head in Qingzhou, China, said, Mastermind members are supportive, wise, and not afraid to kick your butt. Chris, a vice principal in Kamloops, British Columbia, Canada, courageous risk takers and learners are how I describe my mastermind peers. And finally, Melody, a principal in Kentucky, said mastermind members are generous, driven, and never satisfied with the status quo. If that sounds like you or peers that you'd like to surround yourself with, apply to the mastermind today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder, a program designed to develop your students' executive function and non-cognitive skills. Learn more at organizedbinder.com. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by TeachFX. Using artificial intelligence, the TeachFX app enables instructional leaders to coach more teachers more often and more effectively. Learn how and get a special offer by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Dr. Sharon Jones, EDD, is a founder and CEO of The Dot Consulting and the Dottie Rose Foundation, where she creates, innovates, and implements cutting-edge technology focused on new age education. Her book, A Recipe for Success Using SAS University, How to Plan Your First Analytics Project is being used in curriculum and classrooms around the country. Dr. Jones, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Daniel. I appreciate this. Oh, I am so excited to talk (laughs) with you. Our intro call a while ago was really uh, enjoyable. And I know you're going to bring so much value to the Ruckus Maker listening. And speaking, yeah, yeah. Speaking of her, you know, she wants to break free from the status quo, right? And you did that in a big way. You told me you gave yourself permission to stop caring about testing. What? Yes. How in the world did you get to that headspace? 
You know, it took a long time because as an educator, there is a lot of pressure put on you to not only do well in the classroom, support your students, support the teachers, support the staff, and you almost feel many times that you have to be perfect in all ways. And you, there's, for me, it was always sort of this feeling of, oh my gosh, if I don't do this, then the kids won't get this or whatever it is. And I found myself in just a sense of overwhelm constantly, worrying about whether or not the children were going to do well on the exams or the, on their test and then on their final exams. But, and I, that I forgot about how much fun it was to learn and to actually grow and change. And I'm a computer science teacher by trait. I'm a career and technical education educator, which is where computer science lies. And when you're teaching computer science, it's not really made for a multiple choice question. Computer science is about exploration, failing, trying again, exploring, discovery, design, problem solving. There's so many elements that go into what computer science entails. And when I was trying to make myself teach to the test, I was forgetting about the joy of what it meant to create in my discipline. And so I kind of did like an experimental study, you know, where I was, I was, uh, a semester that I had was, um, I had starting to teach a class, but it wasn't necessarily on the state radar yet. So it was like a local, it was a local class. So I could teach it and I wasn't, there wasn't an end of course test. So I thought. So I spent the whole semester and we explored and we had, I mean, we tried everything because I was really new to teaching. It was SAS, SAS programming, which is what my book is on. And SAS uh, is a company that's all around data analysis uh, software. And I was new to teaching and I knew about it, but I hadn't really done a full class on it. And we really just took our time going through the content, learning. I let the kids explore what kind of questions they wanted to ask. And about two weeks before we got to the end of the semester, they came in and told me, oh, by the way, Sharon, you do have a final exam and you will be um, graded on that exam. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Well, we had not covered, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, all the content. And I'm going, holy moly, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so luckily we were sort of towards the end. We were towards the end. And so I came up with a couple of different ways of um, some guided notes and plans and some packets and all this kind of thing. Well, turns out, that was the best grades that my students had on their test in all the years that I had been teaching. And part of that was because I took the time to actually really discover and learn with them as we were learning the content. We didn't stay on a timeline of we have to da 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 You know, if they didn't get something, we just redid it. And then we came back and we would learn it again if they were stuck. And that was really what gave me the permission. I decided they didn't all ace the exam. They didn't. And that was okay with me because I knew that if they sat down to actually problem solve and have to work within the programming language, they could. And they did. They proved that over and over again. We actually went that semester to the school board and defended our survey on, there was a process in Charlotte, that's where I live, of getting rid of satellite busing where they were taking kids to magnet schools. And we did a survey on how it was going to affect our school and the kids presented it to the school board. And for me, that was an amazing accomplishment. They did well on their exam because their exam actually was made by an adult 
you know, and they're 14 and 15 year olds. So they all passed. They didn't necessarily make an A, but they did well. And I just decided that was it. That was my time to really change the way I, it changed the way I taught because I didn't get put myself on that pressure cooker. I love that they had that authentic experience with the, with the board, you know, at the end there presenting their plan. Mm-hmm. How you started the story is incredibly powerful. So I hope the ruckus maker listening doesn't miss that, that, you know, learning should be fun. It's fun to yeah. learn and to mm-hmm. grow and to explore. And that, not just in computer science, that's in every subject. And we get wrapped up in, in tests. And sometimes we just, like, how did we get here? Did we forget about why we got into this? So I really want to pull that out for the listener. Uh, the other thing that I think is really important, can you dive in, dig deep a bit, talk about overwhelm? Because you said you had to sort of escape and, and have a solution there. You're a CEO, you know, a founder of a company now too. So I'm sure you're experiencing some level of overwhelm with that, with the dot. And how do you approach it? So my mom gave me this piece of advice a long time ago, and it's been one of the best. Well, there's two pieces, but that I'll, the first one is when I was teaching full-time in the classroom, I would get overwhelmed. And one thing my mom would say to me is, Sharon, give yourself something to look forward to each day. Now, that could be a, a variety of things. Sometimes it was, it was a Friday and I was going to go out to dinner with friends or with my husband or whatnot. Sometimes it would be that I packed a really amazing lunch. And you know how that goes at school, like when you're like, yes, I can't wait for lunch. <laughs> and then sometimes, and then it began, so that was kind of how it started. I would start giving myself things to look forward to. And then it started being, well, how can I make this different? How can I teach this concept differently? I struggled to teach variables. Those were something the kids had a really hard time grasping. And so you know what we did? We made checks mix. And we started figuring out the variables that we could change in and out to make checks mix. Things that I could think of that I knew the children would enjoy that would teach them the concept. And then it gave me something to look forward to during the day. And then it wasn't just the one period that I wanted to do it at. It was all of my periods. I wanted all of my different courses that I was teaching. What could I do to help change the way I was looking for? Because I was getting in this point where I was dreading going to work. And and we all have been there at some point. Mm. So that's the one piece of advice. And the other thing my mom said, and this has always rung true, is that anytime there's change, it always takes a year. So meaning that when you have a big change in your life or in your uh, career or, or what it, whatever, it usually takes a year for you to figure out how that change is going to work into your life and your everyday actions. And, and she's always true every time. Every time I've made a <laughs> career change, it's always taken me a year. Like the, you know, it, it's not that you don't figure things out, but it's like after that, for after sort of that year point, you get this, oh, okay, well, that's not so bad. And I, I can't accomplish that. So in regards to teaching, the biggest piece that I did for myself was if I was given something, a new class to teach, or I felt like there was some uh, piece of content that I couldn't master, I'd always tell myself, okay, there's always a way out. Give yourself something to look forward to. And usually in career and technical education, your course courses would change. And so 
I'd be like, okay, well, I can handle this for a year or let me teach this for a year. Give myself the grace to know that I'm going to struggle. And then at the end of that year, I'd be in a totally different place. And that's the way I'm feeling with my business. I have really, I've been doing this business as a side hustle for the past approximately three years or so, doing different workshops and, and um, professional developments for, for teachers and administrators, and then took the jump full-time back in July of 2018. And so I'm still within that first year. So I'm working really hard, even on my down days, because this is a new adventure, that this is my first year and I need to give myself some time to grow and figure out how this is going to look and, and what it's going to look like as a business owner. So have something to look forward to, which yes. I think is great. In my journal, my morning journal, it sounds like this. Uh, what am I excited about today? Yes. And then the gift of uh, time slash perspective. Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy, you know, like, ah, everything is crazy and tough and whatever right now. But you give yourself that year and you have so much more experience and perspective and you're wiser and uh, could probably right. be and it, kinder. Yeah. You know, and it may not be a year for everyone. It's that's sort of, it's been my marker that's worked for me. Yeah. And the other thing she always told me, and then my grandmother said this too, is that many times you'll have three problems that come down the road and two will fall in the ditch. And I've kept that. I know that's a really old sort of Southern uh, piece of advice, but never heard it. I love it. (laughs) Well, that happened a lot when I was teaching too. Like, cause you know, sometimes, well, you go into, into your day and you go in with something you'd be excited for and you walk in by eight 30, there has been 1600 problems that have happened or two, whatever it is. And what I, and and part of this comes with age too, because when I was much younger, of course, I got way more upset about things, but I began to realize that usually there'd be all these things that would come at you, but most of the time, most of them were not really that big of a deal. And they would sort of fall off to the side. And the one that I needed to focus on would bubble back up. So like she said, three things come down the road to fall in a ditch okay, so in the grand scheme of my life, you know, if I have two children that don't complete an assignment today, is that, oh, we're going to be all, we're going to be all right. You know, we're going to fix things are going to, you know, just figuring out a way to work on the overwhelm or work on not feeling so, putting so much pressure on yourself to be perfect. There it is. That's good. Yeah. I think we all, a lot of us struggle with that. Definitely ruckus makers, definitely members in the mastermind. You know, you want to get that A. Want to be perfect, mm-hmm. and uh, part of that it's okay that to not be, you know, that permit right. there. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, we go back to uh, sort of these authentic learning experiences, and, and they made the um, bus maps, uh, is what I heard, mm-hmm. you know, with the board. You know, your students were creating industry level quality work. I remember you telling me that as well. Mm-hmm. And, and but for the state, that wasn't enough. They're doing this amazing work for the state, it's not enough. And, and the ruckus maker that's listening needs to hear this because maybe they've had growth and then there's a dip, or maybe they've inherited a school that's just been struggling. And there's, again, the overwhelm, the pressure, uh, it, and it's so hard to fight to not internalize that. How did you share and pick yourself back up when this industry level quality work, amazing stuff, wasn't good enough for the state? Because when my children would send me an email, and I call them my children, they were my students, when they would come back to visit or when I saw 
the way in which the in, and this is something that's not quantitative, it's qualitative. I yeah. saw them transform. I saw it with my own two eyes. And not only did that happen with the work that we did with the, with the board, but we replicated different types of community projects throughout all of my years of teaching. And I'm still doing that now in my work. It is the fact that I get an email, a phone call, a post on Facebook that says, thank you, Dr. Jones, for this opportunity. It put me in the trajectory. So from that particular group of young people, I have three women from that group that are now all business analyst careers. Mm. And that work transformed the way they saw themselves as technologists and data analysts and now are working for Bank of America doing all kinds of amazing things. And that is my why. How's it feel to share that? It's tingling. It gives me some tingles. <laughs> it's been a while. Sometimes I, I saw my students more often when I was still there at, um, at the high school that I was teaching. And then even when I was at the community college. Um, and so I don't see them quite as much because, you know, a lot of times when, when the children graduate, they come back and they'll, they'll see you or whatnot. But now with social media, it's been pretty exciting. But I was at a conference a couple of months ago and I had this young lady. I was a vendor. I was walking over and she's like, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. I turned around. I was like, yes. She's like, it's Tanisha. I was like, and I recognized her. I knew who she was. Mm -hmm. I said, hi, Tanisha. She's like, oh my gosh, I've been looking for you. I just wanted you to know that your class changed my perspective. And this is a, a child from a different class. And I'm, I'm working as, I'm now a computer science major at UNCC. And it was like, what? Oh my gosh. And so that was a really amazing feeling as well. I ended up having three of my former students there that day. Yeah. And all of them, and they all came independently. I didn't know that they were going to be there. They were just there. And it was, it was pretty awesome. I'm loving these stories and we're going to get into more. Uh, we're going to pause here though for a message from our sponsors. The Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder is an evidence-based RTI Tier 1 universal level solution and focuses on improving executive functioning and non-cognitive skills. You can learn more and improve your student success at OrganizedBinder.com. Hey, Ruckus Maker. Imagine if every teacher in your school had a personal instructional coach. Well, today's show is sponsored by TeachFX, and that's exactly what they do. But don't take it from me. Listen to what some of the teachers who use TeachFX say. I would encourage everybody to, to give it a shot, just because, because, again, it gives you that objective feedback that you may not have been aware of when you're sitting there in class. It's a great diagnostic tool just to kind of check in and go, okay, here's the reality of how much I'm speaking or if I'm speaking in chunks or having conversations. Yeah, you know, I, I am, I'm more mindful of letting them, like not being so teacher directed, which is kind of, that was my goal. You know, like teachers have professional goals. And so that was one of my professional goals for being observed this year is less teacher direction, a lot more responsibility on the kids doing the work and the discussion and the figuring out. Learn all about TeachFX and get a special offer by visiting teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. And we're back with Dr. Sharon Jones. We're talking about how you can break free from caring about just test scores, doing real work, making changes happen, life transformation within our students' uh, experiences. 
And, and I want you to just maybe offer some quick advice for the ruckus maker listening. You know, there's the, the pressure to do skill, you know, drill and kill and mm-hmm. skill work and all this kind of stuff to teach to the test. They want to break free. You've experienced that when you shifted to field trips, authentic learning experiences, test scores went up. How can you encourage the listener to make that jump to? Well, it is a little bit scary. And I know that feeling because you, there, the pressure is there. What I think works the best, the best advice I can say is start small. Start with a small project. So if you're a little bit nervous about coming off of doing all the multiple choice reviews and all those kinds of things, you can start with something very simple. So let me give you a good example. I was in a classroom the other day and the teacher was having them work on vocabulary. And I actually really loved this, uh, the way she was doing this. So she had words on a whiteboard. The students were to write the words down and, and write them. I think they had to write them like three or four times, repeat, just writing the word, which I think is great. I, we, we do have to have repetition. We do have to learn. Then from that, they had to write a sentence using the word. And then from those sentences, they were to create a story. So I liked the three-tier level that she was doing. There was some repetition. There was some just general write a sentence where you're just recalling the information. Then there was a little bit of a higher level of critical thinking of being able to create the story. What I would do to take it to that next level, to give it even that more authentic like, is a couple of different things. One is once they write that story, they could do um, something very simple using a piece of technology, using an app called Stop Motion. Stop Motion is a really easy entry point into creating a short video. And it plays off of understanding how to create an animation. And an animation is made frame by frame by frame. And so students have to take their story and break it down frame by frame by frame and create this stop motion action. It creates an authentic learning experience because by default, what they start doing is talking to each other, asking questions, building and making a a more robust story than what they originally started with. So then they can go back and add into the written piece and then they have this digital piece to also show. Now, that's, that's just a really easy, just kind of take it to that next level. The other thing they could do, and I, I, w- I was doing this with some students um, not that long ago, but have them create a musical beat using, there's a, a program called Ear Sketch, where you actually learn JavaScript at the same time as creating your music, but have that music be a, something that represents the story that they wrote. So it takes their thinking to a different level. It's, it is still doing some of those repetition and the kill and drill kind of things, but then adding in an element where they're taking what they're learning and applying. It's the application part that we tend to miss because we're so, we get stuck in the rut of multiple choice is what the kids are going to have. So that's what we need to do. But where I found success was we did some of those multiple choice, but when the children got stuck, so we could have done a hundred different, you know, kill and drill multiple choice questions, but I still don't know what's going to be on that final exam. So part of the application piece was getting them to think through the problem. So if they looked at that multiple choice problem and they couldn't quite conquer what the answer would be, they began to work through to figure out, well, let me see if I can get it down to two, or maybe get out of one, or maybe let's see if I can work this out in a different way to see if I can get the answer. 
And that's where I found doing small things like stop motion or partnering um, with another class. And I could go on and on with different examples. But to me, that's an easy way. Just one slight little change that you could add in to your lesson that would allow them to take what they're doing and apply it. Something I've heard from female leaders is that when you experience more and more success, sometimes your female peers or the folks that you manage Mm -hmm. respond in a unique way and get really jealous about stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? Well, I've experienced it and I've experienced it in a very negative way. That brings up a lot of, wow, a lot of emotions that go along with that. As I have, what, okay, let me, let me see if I can say this without babbling for too much. It was very emotional. The, The experience that I can bring up that I'm thinking about right now was really hard. But what I decided one day when I got to school, I I don't know what happened, but I can tell you what happened. It was really, I was really emotional and it was overwhelming. And I just kind of felt like I was being constantly picked on. It was a a female leader who was in a a position of leadership within the school. And I can remember I was, and I went home one night and I just, oh man, I just cried and cried and cried. And the next day I got up and I tried to give myself something to look forward to. I think that day it was lunch. But anyway, I was walking up the steps to go to my classroom. I was like, you know what? This isn't about me. This isn't about me. I know what I'm doing is good. I feel in my heart that it's good. My students are coming to class and they're happy and they're working and we're learning and we're growing. Something is not right within her. And somehow it's being, she is, she is putting that out on me. And I'm just going to get up every day and I'm going to come to work and I'm going to do what I know to do. And that was really helpful. And I had a great support system beside me, uh, two teachers on either side of me that were of great support, female and male. And, you know, if I felt like I was getting down, they would say, what have we done well today? You know, we would try to think of positives. So that was an experience that I did. And, and now as I've moved through my career, I usually turn the conversation. If I feel like someone is beginning to start attacking me, I'm like, you know what? You've done amazing things too. We're better together. And that's the truth. I don't know all. And a lot of the work that I've done has been because I've reached out and asked for help. And so if I feel like that there is somebody who is putting me down, I tend to go and reach out to them and say, how can we collaborate together? What can we do to better what you're doing and what I'm doing together? I don't know if that works every time, but what my gut tells me, and it's just an approach that I just like to take with everybody, uh, friends and foes, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when, you're, when you offer generosity, that's hard to you know, crumple back up and throw at you, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it changes people. And it's clearly something you're great at doing is creating change. And speaking about that, how do you help districts make a ruckus and create change? Oh, man. So this has been the funnest part. Is that really a word? Has been the most fun? Funnest is probably not a word. Has been the most fun. It's all good to me. (laughs) It's all good? Good. Well, I get excited about this. So my work within the districts uh, has been really exciting Where my business began to change uh, or where my business began to take off is taking the work that I had been doing with computer science and applying it across disciplines. 
So the example that I gave earlier about um, the stop motion, there's a really high, there's a very technical piece to stop motion and there's a computer science component that we can add in with arrays and algorithms and counter variables and if-then statements that make it really cool. But the way that we start making change or creating the ruckus is by simply starting by introducing stop motion. Introduce it, let my teachers feel the excitement and the fun behind it, and then I'll start bringing in other elements. What I, the biggest ruckus that I've done is I have not tried to create too much change, but to leverage what the teachers are already doing, and then the change happens, and it happens organically. So I have a concept that I call finding your tech genius. And we use that because just like anything else, we find what we're best at, we leverage that. And then once we figure out kind of where you fit, I'm going to help you figure out how to construct and make a lesson plan that's going to be like, boom, awesome. And then it creates this change that happens organically. So, and... I tend to push the boundaries on uh, things that we're going to do. And I'll say, well, why don't we ask uh, Coca-Cola to donate Coke to us to do a analytics project? Why don't we ask Uts to donate potato chips to taste between Uts and Lay's? And, or I'll say, so who wants to go on a field trip? Why don't we just see if we can get it sponsored and get it, you know, like there's, and all of a sudden people are like, what's going on? Where are you going? What are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> what was that project that you just did? Hey, could you tell me more about that? And it, cre- it starts this conversation that's really been exciting. And the other thing that I do in districts is I show up. I show up consistently and I'm constantly saying, let's push the, let's push the boundaries. What else can we do that's going to create a really, truly authentic learning experience, but also be fun. Possibility thinking, why can't we, what if, pushing the boundaries. That sounds amazing. So it's not why not, or we can't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, you can. Why can't we? Well, there's all this, no, 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 no. There's always a way to, to do this. Paperwork is just there as a boundary piece. It's called copy and paste. Have you ever heard some magical thing, right? Once you do it once, copy and paste it and let's make it happen. If you had the opportunity to put uh, a message on marquees across the globe for schools just for a day, what would that message read? Wow, this is a hard one. And we talked about this before because I was trying to put it in a way that wouldn't be like an entire paragraph. But learning is everywhere and learning never stops. Just because you're in a classroom from whatever time to whatever time. We're always learning. That, that's what we do. We're, we learn as humans. That's a, our brains are constantly seeking knowledge and learning new things. But learning never stops and learning is everywhere. And you can, you can use everyday actions to really improve your academic excellence. You're building a school from the ground up. You're not limited by any resources. Your only limitation is your imagination. How would you build your dream school, Sharon? And what would be your top three priorities? Uh, Number one would be space. No limit of space. So I think you have a meeting point, but that your learning is, um, takes place in lots of different places. So space would be one. And 
logistics, like how we would figure that out. I'm not sure yet. Well, I'm, I'm not limited. So yes, I'd have flying cars and we would fly from one location to another and we would partner with all kinds of amazing people. So space would be one. Time for professional development for all staff and all educators. In order for us to continuously to be change makers and innovators and help develop the next generation, we ourselves have to continue to be educated. So time and true time and effort put into learning. And there would be no testing, just application. I could hear the listeners saying uh, amen and hallelujah to that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think you have to have some way to measure something, you know, but but I believe that to be in product-based. I mean, think about what we do in Mm -hmm. the real world. I mean, you and I don't sit down and take a multiple choice test to say, yes, we completed this podcast. You know, we, you're going to record this, you're going to release it, and you're going to receive data from that to figure out what's working, what's not working based on a time frame. I mean, there's some things we do multiple choice just for survey purposes, but that's not how we, that's not how we live. Sharon, thank you so much for being a part of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. Of all the things we talked about today, what's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? Think outside the box. Think beyond the four walls of your classroom and the content that's been handed to you. How can you make that content come off the pages and come to life? It will bring back your passion for why you became an educator. What we do is amazing. To be an educator is an art. And we truly, I mean, we truly have a, a talent that not everybody can say they have. Don't forget that. Don't forget why you got into this role. And let your heart and your creativity guide your teaching, and you'll see the results tenfold. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.